Chapter Twenty One of Clotel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Clotel by William Wells Brown. Chapter Twenty One, The Christian's Death. O oh, weep, ye friends of freedom, weep! Your harps to mournful measures sweep. On the last day of November, sixteen twenty, on the confines of the Grand Bank of Newfoundland, lo, we behold one little solitary tempest-tossed and weather-beaten ship it is all that can be seen on the length and breadth of the vast intervening solitudes from the melancholy wilds of labrador and new england's iron-bound shores to the western coasts of ireland and the rock-defended hebrides but one lonely ship greets the eyes of angels or of men on this great thoroughfare of nations in our age next in moral grandeur was this ship to the great discoverers columbus found a continent the Mayflower brought the seaweed of states and empire. That is the Mayflower, with its servants of the living God, their wives and little ones, hastening to lay the foundations of nations in the accidental lands of the setting sun. Hear the voice of prayer to God for his protection, and the glorious music of praise, as it breaks into the wild tempest of the mighty deep upon the ear of God. Here in this ship are great and good men. Justice, mercy, humanity, respect for the rights of all, each man honored, as he was useful to himself and others, labor respected, law-abiding men, constitution-making and respecting men, men whom no tyrant could conquer or hardship overcome, with the high commission sealed by a spirit divine to establish religious and political liberty for all. This ship had the embryo elements of all that is useful, great and grand, in northern institutions. It was the great type of goodness and wisdom, illustrated in two and a quarter centuries gone by, it was the good genius of America. But look far in the southeast, and you behold on the same day, in 1620, a low, rakish ship hastening from the tropics, solitary and alone, to the new world. What is she? She is freighted with the elements of unmixed evil. Hark, hear those rattling chains, hear that cry of despair and wail of anguish, as they die away in the unpitying distance. Listen to those shocking oaths, the crack of that flesh-cutting whip. Ah, it is the first cargo of slaves on their way to Jamestown, Virginia. Behold the Mayflower anchored at Plymouth Rock, the slave ship in James River. Each apparent, one of the prosperous, labor-honoring, law-sustaining institutions of the North, the other the mother of slavery, illness, lynch law, ignorance, unpaid labor, poverty, and dueling, despotism, the ceaseless swing of the whip, and the peculiar institutions of the South. These ships are the representation of good and evil in the new world, even to our day. When shall one of those parallel lines come to an end? The origin of American slavery is not lost in the obscurity of bygone ages. It is a plain historical fact that it owes its birth to the African slave trade, now pronounced by every civilized community the greatest crime ever perpetrated against humanity. Of all causes intended to benefit mankind, the abolition of chattel slavery must necessarily be placed amongst the first, and the negro hails with joy every new advocate that appears in his cause. Commiseration for human suffering and human sacrifices awakened the capacious mind and brought into action the enlarged benevolence of Georgiana Carlton. With respect to her philosophy, it was of a noble cast. It was that all men are by nature equal, that they are wisely and justly endowed by the Creator with certain rights, that are irrefragable, 
and that however human pride and human avarice may depress and debase, still God is the author of good to man and of evil. Man is the artificer to himself and to his species. Unlike Plato and Socrates, her mind was free from the gloom that surrounded theirs. Her philosophy was founded in the school of Christianity. Though a devoted member of her father's church, she was not a sectarian. We learn from scripture, and it is a little remarkable that it is the only exact definition of religion found in the sacred volume, that pure religion, and undefiled before God, even the Father, is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them. Whatsoever ye would that others should do to you, do ye even so to them. This was her view of Christianity, and to this end she labored with all her energies to convince her slave-holding neighbors that the Negro could not only take care of himself, but that he also appreciated liberty and was willing to work and redeem himself. Her most sanguine wishes were being realized when she suddenly fell into a decline. Her mother had died of consumption, and her physician pronounced this to be her disease. She was prepared for this sad intelligence, and received it with the utmost composure, although she had confidence in her husband that he would carry out her wishes in freeing the negroes after her death. Mrs. Carlton resolved upon their immediate liberation. Consequently, the slaves were all summoned before the noble woman, and informed that they were no longer bondsmen. "'From this hour,' said she, "'you are all free, and all eyes will be fixed upon you. I dare not predict how far your example may affect the welfare of your brethren yet in bondage. If you are temperate, industrious, peaceable, and pious, you will show to the world that slaves can be emancipated without danger. Remember what a singular relation you sustain to society. The necessities of the case require not only that you should behave as well as the whites, but better than the whites. And for this reason, if you behave no better than they, your example will lose a great portion of its influence. Make the Lord Jesus Christ your refuge and exemplar. He is the only standard around which you can successfully rally. If ever there was a people who needed the consolations of religion to sustain them in their grievous afflictions, you are that people. You had better trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Get as much education as possible for yourselves and your children, and ignorant people can never occupy any other than a degraded station in society. They can never be truly free until they are intelligent. In a few days you will start for the state of Ohio, where land will be purchased for some of you who have families, and where I hope you will all prosper. We have been urged to send you to Liberia, but we think it wrong to send you from your native land. We did not wish to encourage the colonization society, for it originated in hatred of the free colored people. Its pretenses are false, its doctrines odious, its means contemptible. Now whatever may be your situation in life, remember those in bonds as bound with them. You must get ready as soon as you can for your journey to the north. Seldom was there ever witnessed a more touching scene than this. There sat the liberator, pale, feeble, emaciated, with death stamped upon her countenance, surrounded by the sons and daughters of Africa, some of whom had, in former years, been separated from all that they had held near and dear, 
and the most of whose backs had been torn and gashed by the negro whip some were upon their knees at the feet of their benefactress others were standing around her weeping many begged that they might be permitted to remain on the farm and work for wages for some had wives and some husbands on their plantations in the neighborhood and would rather remain with them but the laws of the state forbade any emancipated negroes remaining under penalty of again being sold into slavery hence the necessity of sending them out of the state mrs carlton was urged by her friends to send the emancipated negroes to africa extracts from the speeches of henry clay and other distinguished colonization society men were read to her to induce her to adopt this course some thought they should be sent away because the blacks are vicious others because they would be missionaries to their brethren in africa but if we send away the negroes because they are profligate and vicious what sort of missionaries will they make why not send away the vicious among the whites for the same reason and the same purpose death is a leveller and neither age sex wealth nor usefulness can avert when he is permitted to strike the most beautiful flowers soon fade and droop and die this is also the case with man his days are uncertain as the passing breeze this hour he glows in the blush of health and vigour but the next he may be counted with the number no more known on earth although in a low state of health mrs carlton had the pleasure of seeing all her slaves except sam and three others start for a land of freedom the morning they were to go on board the steamer bound for louisville they all assembled on the large grass plot in front of the drawing-room window and wept while they bid their mistress farewell when they were on the boat about leaving the wharf they were heard giving the charge to these on shore sam take care of missus take care of massa as you love us and hope to meet us in Ohio, ohio and in heaven be sure and take care of missus and massa in less than a week after her emancipated people had started for ohio mrs carlton was cold in death mr carlton felt deeply as all husbands must do who love their wives the loss of her who had been a lamp to his feet and a light to his path she had converted him from infidelity to christianity from the mere theory of liberty to practical freedom he had looked upon the negro as an ill-treated distant link of the human family he now regarded them as a part of god's children oh what a silence pervaded the house when the christian had been removed his indeed was a lonesome position twas midnight and he sat alone the husband of the deed that day the dark dust had been thrown upon the buried head in the midst of the buoyancy of youth this cherished one had drooped and died deep were the sounds of grief and mourning heard in that stately dwelling when the stricken friends whose office it had been to nurse and soothe the weary sufferer beheld her pale and motionless in the sleep of death on what a chill creeps through the breaking heart when we look upon the insensible form and feel that it no longer contains the spirit we so dearly loved how difficult to realize that the eye which always glowed with affection and intelligence that the ear which had so often listened to the sounds of sorrow and gladness that the voice whose accents had been to us like sweet music and the heart the habitation of benevolence and truth are now powerless and insensate as the bier upon which the form rests though faith be strong enough to penetrate the cloud of gloom which hovers near and to behold the freed spirit safe forever safe in its home in heaven yet the thoughts will linger sadly and cheerlessly upon the grave peace to her ashes she fought the fight obtained the christian's victory and wears the crown 
but if it were that departed spirits are permitted to note the occurrences of this world, with what a frown of disapprobation would her views the effort being made in the United States to retard the work of emancipation for which she labored and so wished to see brought about? In what light would she consider that hypocritical priesthood who gave their aid and sanctions to the infamous fugitive slave law? If true greatness consists in doing good to mankind, then was Georgiana Carlton an ornament to human race? Who can think of the broken hearts made whole, of sad and dejected countenances, now beaming with contentment and joy, of the mother offering her free-born babe to heaven, and of the father, whose cup of joy seems overflowing in the presence of his family, where none can molest or make him afraid? Oh, that God may give more such persons to take the whip-scarred negro by the hand, and raise him to a level with our common humanity. May the professed lovers of freedom in the new world see that true liberty is freedom for all, and may every American continually hear it sounding in his ear. Shall every flap of England's flag proclaim that all around are free, from farthest end to each blue crag that beetles o'er the western sea? And shall we scoff at Europe's kings when freedom's fire is dim with us, and round our country's altar clings the damning shade of slavery's curse? End of chapter 21